Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast, Lessons You Can't Learn in School, where we learn from successful entrepreneurs on how to grow your business, what happens when you hit tough times, and most importantly, how to attract clients now. I am your host, Adam Kipnis. I appreciate, appreciate you being back with me today and listening as you do every week. Every business needs new clients to survive and thrive, and that's the focus of what I do. And as a gift to you for being loyal listeners, I'd like to show you eight steps to attract clients now without spending a ton of money on marketing or advertising. So please do go to freebookfromadam.com, freebookfromadam.com, and you can get those eight lessons that are easy to implement, they're straightforward, and they're step-by-step on how to grow your business. And today I'm really excited to have Patty Duque all the way from Brisbane, Australia to be on the show today. She has an MBA from school and an MBA from life in starting your own business. So we're going to learn a lot today. Patty, thank you for joining today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm very excited to be part of your show. Thank you. And, and it's, uh, it's a 7 o'clock in the morning or so where she is, so appreciate you getting up early to do this. And Patty's from Colombia, and now she lives in Australia, and she worked for 10, 12 years, I believe it was, in corporate America, and had an interesting change in her life. She went to school, got an MBA, was thriving in her career, and then you hired a coach, and you said it changed everything for you. Tell me about what led up to hiring that coach, and how did it change everything for you? Well, Adam, I, uh, like you said, I, I had been in the corporate world about 16 years. Uh, probably 12 of those were as a managing consultant and really in the change management and project management space. So I was really enjoying it. I loved what I was doing, but I sort of needed or I wanted something more. And that's right. I found a coach. Um, I... It re- she really resonated with me, which I think that's one of the key things of finding a coach. Her background was very similar to mine. And it was only when I signed up, I made, took the decision, made the decision and took the action to sign up to her four-month mentorship program. And we started working together. And that's when we started really, really digging deep and really understanding what my purpose was and what really drove me and what I really wanted to do. Whilst Part of it was being fulfilled in my corporate life. I thought a lot of it wasn't. And that's what really made me challenge myself to think outside the corporate world. To that point, I don't think I was really thinking of being an entrepreneur, um, but that really opened my mind to a whole lot of new opportunities and new things I could do. And more that they were driven from where I wanted and where I was really um, all about. So at that time, it was more personal than it was business in your desire to, to learn more and, and to, to hire a coach in order to do something different, correct? 
Correct. Initially, when I did hire her, it was more from a personal growth um, and development side. But very quickly, I realized that as as an employee in the corporate world, whilst I was making, you know, what I consider really good money, um, it, it was just a salary and really made me realize that that was a limitation because when you build your own business, you can set your own salary. You can set your own price. So whilst I was happy to sign a contract with a price tag, I guess, um, I know now that from an entrepreneurial journey, you can certainly make, uh, make more. So, so it started from a personal development and from there it just grew. And it, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. That's fantastic. And, and this journey started with traditional school and going to get your MBA in school. So getting, you know, further education in business that led you to your career. What are some of the things that you can point to that you learned in business school that helped you on the, this entrepreneurial path? Well, I would say, I, I guess I have to start that by saying that I truly do believe in education and investing in yourself is the best thing that anybody can do. So this is why I did and have invested quite heavily in what I call both an academic MBA and a real-life MBA. So like you said, I studied an academic MBA, so I went to university. This was about 10 to 12 years ago. And I studied in one of the best universities in Queensland at the time. And I actually Googled it this morning to sort of knowing that we were going to have this talk. And at the moment, the Graduate Management Association of Australia still considers this university to be one of the top five um, star ranking universities in Australia. So from an academic world, it's great. I think that an academic MBA covers a little bit of everything and it gives you a lot of theory behind a lot of concepts and some techniques. But unfortunately, it does miss some key elements from life. So for me personally, what that MBA, that academic MBA helped me with was obviously I built a great um, network and through that I was able to change uh, really the industry that I was in. So I was really Happy to do that. I was actually working in the mining industry at that point. I hadn't really studied any business, but I was quickly sort of going up the corporate ladder. So that's why I decided to invest on an academic MBA at university. And I was happy to, and I'm happy to say that at the back end of that, before even graduating, um, Cooper contacted me and wanted someone with sort of my background and my experience. And that's how I changed completely my career um, and entered the managing consulting world. So there's obviously lots of learnings from that. However, what I do realize is that it's all well and good to learn how to do a profit and loss statement or any of these sort of theories and learn all these models, but if you don't really have the mindset to make this money, then what's the point? So I guess what I'm saying is, um, I'm, I really believe that universities have their place, but, I, but what I have also found is that when I've gone into this massive real-life MBA journey, I've learned so, so, so much more um, that has really helped me more around life. So I'm not sure if universities at the moment are agile enough to keep up with the, how quick the 
digital world is changing. I'm sure that they have guest speakers. At the time that I did my MBA, um, it was very theoretical, I have to say. And what really broke my heart and now really realizing is that none of my lecturers were really entrepreneurs or weren't really in the corporate world. So they were very, very academic. And now I really understand the importance of um, being coached and mentored by people that have actual results that can back themselves up, not just by saying there's these models that you can follow and this is how you can do marketing, but really, really understanding the importance of your personal branding, the importance of social media, the importance of having a clear avatar or a clear client on, you know, how to target these through social media, building things like sales funnels and, um, you know, ensuring that you have an automated system that can capture these leads and can help you um, sort of grow your business, not necessarily needing to go the old way of having to have uh, an office where clients come in, but nowadays you can do it all online. Um, and, and that's sort of the things that I, I, I really I really sort of learned the agility. I'm not sure the the university had that sort of agility. It was more theory versus practical. So if you want, I can tell you some of the key learnings from my real life MBA, MBA if you would like. Yeah, and we're definitely going to get to that next. But I love what you said there because it's pretty much the premise for this entire podcast is that in school, when you get your academic MBA it's theoretical. There's some great information that you learn, but you're learning it from a book. And what I do with my clients is, is through my coaching programs, through my books, through my online program, is show them what actually happens and how you get a client. Not theoretically how you get a client, but actually going out and getting one. And in, in when you told me your story originally when we were we were preparing for the show, you talked about that you you just you had your coaching, you decided that you wanted to make a change, and you got your first client, and that was you know the impetus to leave your job and, and do this full time. As we talk about your real life MBA, tell us about that process of actually getting your first client, how you did it and what you had to do and what changes it made for you by getting that first client? Um, well, as soon as I, I think I hadn't even finished working with my coach at that point. I remember that she said, you have to, you know, we'll develop a website and everything and, you, you, you know, we'll put you out there. And at that point I was like, what, a, a website? What do you mean, you know, everything about me out there? Now, what am I going to say? What am I going to write about myself? What am I going to offer? What are you talking about? But because I found so much congruence in what I was doing, and I actually put it out there to people I knew. I put out there about five questions initially of how people told me, because I thought if I'm going to do a website, then I, I want it to be um, exactly how people see me. And every single person that came back to me within like, Three days, 48 people replied. People from since I was uh, very, very young in primary, they all said it was all about energy and happiness, um, that that's what they remember me as, and that's really what I based it on. So that's what I wrote my, really, my website about without really knowing about it. And as soon as I put it out there and I mentioned it 
and through my social network, straight away, people totally resonated and identified themselves and, and understood that that was what I was all about, that that's what I had always been about. So it was very quickly, actually, my first client, whilst I live in Australia, my first client was actually in Geneva. So that's when we started, um, she contacted me. And we started talking about it, um, well, communicating in WhatsApp at that point, actually. And that's when we started working together. And it was such an, an amazing experience because, funnily enough, um, she came to me from, from a place of wanting to improve her health. But at the back end of that, what really, really it was all about and what her testimonial came back as after the time we spent together working together was all about how her relationship with her husband had improved and how her life had improved. So those are sort of the aspects that I then realized, oh my God, I'm here really touching people and changing people's lives. And I knew I was sort of doing it. I'd been doing it and I challenged my friends in many, many ways for many, many years. And that's sort of what my coach made me realize. She said, Patty, you are a coach. Because when I started working with her, I didn't think, uh, like it didn't even cross my mind of becoming a coach. And it was through the work with my coach that it made me, she made me realize that that was probably the journey um, I should be taking. So I gave it a punt and I'm glad I did because I landed on my feet on exactly what's congruent with me. And that's what then gave me yeah, all the, the courage to leave the corporate world, which was my safety zone. It was my comfort zone. Even my boss at the time, the partner in the firm that I worked in, when I sort of mentioned this to him or he sort of had a sense of it, he even said, look, you need to make the leap. I will invest in you. If you need money, you need to do this. So um, I really, really like that, that nowadays, really, there's no boundaries. Like my first client was in Europe and I'm in Australia. So it doesn't really matter. Initially, when I started, I thought being a coach, they, they, you know, I'd have to have an office and I'd have to be a face-to-face. And little did I know through my journey, I realized that, you know what, even my Brisbane clients, I... I only really see one of them face-to-face. All of it is over the phone because now to change people's lives, you don't even need to know them. You don't even need to see them, which is amazing. That's amazing. And, and so, so you reached out to your community and you said, hey, how, how do I appear to you? What is it that, that I do? Through that, you got a lot of feedback, you were able to create your offer around it, get your first client, have success with that client, and that was your springboard for, forward to having your own business and then, and then getting more clients. So talk to us about some of those things that you learned through that process up to today in, in the real life, over and above the, you know, the, the book smart stuff that you learned that probably helped you run the day-to-day of your business. But what are the things that you learned in real life from that first client to where you are today? Well, Adam, God, there's so many. Um, I'm, try- I'm going to try and summarize them. But I would say from my real life MBA, it has taught me that some key life skills and probably the more important one is that part of self-growth. So I realized the importance of having a purpose 
So really understanding what drives you and what you're passionate about. So to really become visionary and have a plan that you can stick to, because when you do that, then it really eliminates procrastination if you actually know what you're doing. Um, so I would say purpose would be one of the key ones. Um, mindset is certainly one of the most important ones. And unfortunately, university never covers that because it's the importance of developing a, a growth mindset. And I certainly do that with my kids. I've got two daughters, a four and a six-year-old, um, and understanding the importance of that. Thankfully, I had a lot of that, but I had never, ever pinpointed that. So learning how your brain actually works and how we can hack into it, to be quite honest. So I found mindset a key element. Your belief, that's something that's, that was never covered. And it's really understanding what we may, you know, that unfortunately all of us have limiting beliefs. And these are just things that hold us back. These are just things that put a handbrake on our success. But if we're able to identify them, and really confront them, which is what I do a lot with my clients, then you're able to then develop that courage to believe in yourself and, and be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. In my case, it was to make the leap from the real world. Um, and in all honesty, part of it was, yes, I got my first client, I was successful, but funnily enough, it was my husband's limiting belief at that time that was holding us back from me making the leap. And it was amazing because we went to an event, a real life event, and when he, we were at it together, um, and he realized that limiting belief around money, and he turned around and he said, Patty, you need to do this. Because at that point, I was working full-time, obviously had the two girls, and I was building my business. And he said, it doesn't matter. You need to leave, you know, the corporate world. I, you know, I fully support you. So that the power of limiting beliefs is, or understanding your limiting beliefs is huge. And for us, it has been huge because that's when I made the leap, you know, all we've ever known was corporate world. Another one I would say, um, it's probably your values, the importance of the ha having and sticking to your values, living by your values. So when you're able to define at least your top three or five values and you write rules around this, then you're congruent with yourself and you always are able to back yourself up and you know what you are all about. So, so values is really important. Habits, I realized I had created a lot of really good habits, but I thought that habits, or rituals that support your success are critical. So whatever that might look like for you. So for some, it might be journaling. For some, it might be doing deep breathing meditation. Or I'm very active, so I love to do um, a hit a high-intensity interval training session every morning because that is my happy drug. That gives me endorphins, and that sets me up for the day. So I thought that was a key, key learning, and also setting intentions. I realized that so many people, like I wake up and I literally choose to be happy, and I have unconsciously been doing this for a very long time. It was only when I started on this journey that I realized how important it is to set in intentions for yourself and, and understand that you're going to fail, and it doesn't matter, um, because that really sets up your attitude and around that goes your language. So being positive and using positive language with yourself and the people around you. 
Um, another one might be your energy. So uh, understanding your emotions and controlling your emotions. You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to make a lot of decisions all the time. And unfortunately, you will be making mistakes a lot of the time. But it's okay. The quicker you make mistakes, the quicker you stand up and the quicker you can learn from them. So it's really also understanding that you should never really make, you know, really important decisions um, on when you're really high on emotions. Um, oh, gosh, I could go on forever. Really, <laughs> probably learning and developing. So investing in yourself. I did invest in my MBA, in my academic MBA. But I have to say that ever since I started this journey, I have invested more than a full year's wage, really. Um, and double what I invested on my academic um, MBA in just learning and developing because you just become a learning machine. You know, like having a coach and really, I now really heavily invest in coaches and mentors because I know that they challenge me and I know that they take me out of my comfort zone and they really, really make me grow in areas and make me see things that I never really thought I would and that's what I like to do with my clients. So um, I also realized the importance of coming from a curiosity point of view. So being really having that active listening, as you can tell, I love speaking and I normally do a lot of it, but also just learning to listen to others because every single person has something to teach you. So if you're able to take away that learning, um, it's key. And, of course, the power of network. When I first, it was really funny because when I first became a coach, I very quickly realized, I was like, oh, my God, I don't actually know many entrepreneurs. I think at that point I had two entrepreneur friends, if that, but one of them was actually in the corporate world. Um, and I didn't know any coaches whatsoever. So I was like, oh, I've entered this world and I don't even have a network around me. So building that network was very, very important. Um, both of entrepreneurs that have different businesses, because then you quickly realize that you all have the same problems. It doesn't matter if you're selling skincare products. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if you're selling services or products. Um, we all tend to end up having the same sort of problems. And really focusing on results and productivity. So. I, I, I still, I still can't believe that we all have the same 24 hours, and that really time is a luxury, and is the one thing that we all get the same of. It's not that we get more money; it's the same time. It doesn't matter how much money you have, but it's how you invest that time. Like, how can we possibly have the same 24 hours as Richard Branson and Oprah or all these very successful people? Yet they can, you know, run hundreds of companies. And, um, and, and a lot of us are able to not do so much with our time. So really, really putting processes in place and being productive, both at home in your personal life and in your, um, obviously in your work life, to be able to achieve more of what you want. So I would say, right. those, although there are like 10 or so, they're yeah, some of the key ones. Yes, and, and, I, and I appreciate that because I, I think um, putting those processes in place is, is absolutely critical because it's so often that as entrepreneurs, the day runs us versus us running our day. And, and you listed off a number of things, purpose, mindset, beliefs, 
belief in yourself so you can get over those limiting beliefs, values, habits, being intentional, investing in yourself, being intellectually curious, and the power of network. Those are all things that people may, listening may say, hey, I don't have time for any of that. I've got all this stuff to do in my business. And in what you do in success, success coaching and, and to help helping people be more successful, you help them implement all of these things you really just listed at the same time as they're running their business. So how do these things actually help save you time versus taking away for your, from your time? For all those busy entrepreneurs out there that are saying, I'd love to do everything Patty's saying, I just don't have time for it. How did you make time for it? And how do you help your clients make time to do these, these 10 things that you listed out that are so critical? Um, I, did it. I, I, I am a very organized person from the start, and I do value my time quite a bit. But one thing that I, because I was working at, at that time, at the time that I started my building and my business, and I was building my business, I had very, very little time. So I knew something had to give. So something that um, I totally changed my schedule, and that for me opened up a whole new world, which meant that we would normally put, as I mentioned, I have two younger girls, so we would, uh, my husband and I would probably normally put our girls to sleep at around 7 p.m., and then we would go downstairs and really just watch TV for a bit, and I'd normally fall asleep, to be quite honest, and probably go to bed at around 9.30, which is still early, right? Right. But I just said, something has to give. I am going to give this up. So in all honesty, I started going to bed, believe it or not, and I still do, <laughs> over almost two and a half years later. Um, a lot of the time, not every day, but a lot of the time I just go to bed quite early, around 7.38, and that automatically means that I wake up very early. I'm a very early riser. I don't wake up with an alarm. I wake up with whatever. You know, I don't sleep a lot, but I sleep quite deeply. But if you go to bed quite early, it means you wake up early, right? So around 3, 3, 3 3.30, I'd wake up. And that was what I found was my most productive time. I had no interruptions. Everyone was asleep. Yes, my family on the other side of the world were awake, but I just made sure I did not go into social media. I just dedicated that time into what I needed to do because I was clear what I needed to do. I had a clear goal and I had a plan, like I mentioned. Then I knew today I need to do this. Today I need to write my route page. Today I need to, whatever it is, my services, whatever it was, I would just focus on that. I'm going to write this blog. And you are just so, so, so in tune with what you need to do. You become so productive. And then around that, you just build processes, right? So I realized that, seriously, I, would, I built my business between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. because at 6, I would always go either to yoga or the gym because um, I really value that. For me, that is one of my top, top values, vitality is. So I, I needed to do that. that wasn't gonna give, I wasn't going to give that up. And uh, I would then head off to work. Well, do school drop-offs and, yeah, organize the girls and do school drop-offs and everything. But... Um, but that's really what, what I did. So I created time, and I created time to really learn about all these things I needed to do so I could work 
like on my business, not necessarily in my business all the time. So that's what I really found critical. And I can even give you a simple example of things that we do around the house in our personal lives. Like I know, or my girls know, even though they're quite young, we have a, a cupboard where it's like the shoe cupboard for the girls. That's just for her, for them. So they know that their shoes are either on their feet or in that cupboard simply because I'm not going to spend 20 minutes before school drop-off looking for one school shoe. You know what I mean? So it gets to the point of just saying that is 20 minutes that I can't afford. So I'm just going to put a process around it. And they know it. They don't know any different. And it's those little, little five minutes that we waste looking for something or following up something or that that's where our lives ends up and then if you add it all up it's 30 minutes here 10 minutes there 15 minutes there and you know what you can gain yourself one hour two hours three hours so i'm not saying that everybody needs to go to bed early to wake up early i certainly found my mojo i found that i was very 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 productive even now as an entrepreneur i still wake up early and i do a lot more before probably 8 a.m than sometimes what i do during the day day my day work is more around networking um, but really, if I need to get something done, I have to do it in that time. So it's understanding your energy swings, really, how you work. Some people are night owls. Right. And, and it's, so, so it's, it's taking how you work, what you're good at, and then making those times when you do your do business, whether for you it's morning, my wife, for example, she's a total night owl. She'll be up in the middle of the night and she'll work. But one thing I want to key on that I found really interesting and it really triggered something in my brain is the, the shoe example. So you found a problem within your house. It was your kids would take off their shoes and leave them wherever and you found yourself sort of chasing shoes around probably as something that you – did, but once you realized it, you said, all right, how do I fix this? You put a fix in place, and now the shoes go in to the shoe closet and the shoe cabinet, and they're done. So you were able to identify a problem, quote, unquote, in your business, and put a process around it, and now everything's easier. Is that something that you naturally do, or is that something now that you focus on when you, when you come across a problem for yourself or your clients, just rather than being mad about searching for the shoes, you fixed it. Correct. And I can give you plenty of examples. So what triggers me is frustration. So as soon as I realize that something's frustrating me, or as soon as I realize that I'm repeating something over and over, like if you're looking for a toy or for example, I'll give you another example. Um, we moved into, we built a house and then we moved into it and I bought three washing baskets and my husband turns around and said, um, three, like there's normally whites and colors. What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, I don't know if you realize, but we actually have a lot of pinks and a lot of pastel colors. So same thing. So I found a problem that yes, I love that my husband helps around the house and he does help with the washing, which is amazing. So I sort of thought, okay, if I really uh, make an issue out of the pink, you know, the whites coming out half pink or the, you know, because he would wash sometimes the whites with the pinks or 
if um, the pink came out all dirty because they like a dirty pink, you know, like a grayish pink just because they'd been washed with the blacks. I thought, okay, that's an issue. How can I solve this? So I just went sort of behind the scenes and solved it thinking if I put a third basket, it's quite obvious that's where things, you know, pinks and pastels go. So that's how we wash it. So instead of me nagging him, and pushing him away to then say, well, then fine, I won't do the washing, which normally I would say happens in a lot of times. So I'm giving sort of real life experiences at home because I know everybody can relate to it, whether you're in the corporate or in an entrepreneurial world. And, um, and that's simply what happens. So now when we do the washing, it's either the white, it's either the pinks or pastels, or it's the dark. So now we're not getting... Um, you know, a variety of pinks and a variety of, you know, whites and grays in our washing. So every single time I'm triggered by something that frustrates me, I just think, how can we work around this? Or if we were missing things, not missing things, but appointments, then very quickly I created a Google family calendar where my husband and I obviously now know where their girls need to be and, you know, if they have gymnastics or if they, or if we need to be somewhere or if there's a birthday party, because long and behold, we did miss one, you know, a play date until the mother rang me, Hey, did you not find the address? And I was like, Oh, yep, we're on our way. And it was literally cause you know, we missed it. So I thought if we both have it in our calendars, in our phones, then we won't miss it. There's a chance of both of us, um, not missing it. So those are the those are just few examples of the many examples. What I realize is that if you actually, if everything, especially around the house, if everything has a place, it's so easy to clean up and live, you know, in a much cleaner, not non cluttered environment. Because what I find is that when you are cluttered. Um, or when there's a lot of things around you, your mind, your subconscious has to actually process everything in that room before doing anything. You don't really realize it, but it does. So that takes a lot of energy out of you. If you're able to just very quickly organize your house because everything has a place. So even with the girls, I say, okay, girls, we need to clean up. You know, they can make as much mess as they want when they're playing with whatever they are doing. But it's like one thing at a time. But there's a box for the soft toys. There's a box for the puzzles. There's a place for everything. And then that way it just becomes a lot easier because I realize that a lot of the times when we, you come home, your kitchen bench or your dining room table just becomes like the drop-off zone. You know, it just, it just starts piling and piling and piling. And before you know it, it's just messy and messy and messy. So we really quickly identified if we don't have a place for it, what's the place going to be? You know, my youngest daughter just started ballet. So obviously now we have ballet clothes. And it's, so my husband's like, okay, so where does the ballet stuff go? Because we don't have a place for it. So obviously it's now living in different places until we determine, okay, this is where it's going to be. And then it's easy because we all know that's where it is. There's only one place where it can be. Um, does that answer your question? Yes, and, and I love that because there, there's when, when you've got an entrepreneurial lifestyle, whether it's you or your spouse or both of you in some cases for some of the listeners, it's really easy for one to take over and the other one to lack. So if you're starting your business and then your home life suffers because of it or your house is messy and so you have to clean it so your business suffers because of it. And having real-time processes and procedures 
is a fantastic way to go. So I love that you brought up those real life examples because so many times we'll, we'll have to, we'll be onboard a new client. For example, you bring a new client on and they've got, they've got obviously got to pay you and fill out your enrollment form. And there's probably some paperwork or some emails or a series of information that you send them um, for an introduction and get to the, the initial work, regardless of business, there's stuff that goes on when you bring on a new client and so many businesses struggle through that process for years and years because they never stop and say, all right, right now I just did it. I'm frustrated with that process. How do I fix it? Because they say, I'll get to it. And I love that you brought up opportunities to identify how can I fix it now so it's not a problem going forward. So how do you help yourself and your clients identify those and fix them in real time when needed? Yeah, I would say that just really identifying. So every time that any of us have to do something, and I tell that to my clients as well, just really understand where that's coming from. You know, is it from a place that you really want to do that or is it from a place of frustration? And then set something in place that is going to support you and it's going to help you and make your life easier because this is all about life. It's all about enjoying life. So I'm all about happiness really, but like being content with yourself and where you're at. So for me, it's really about digging deep and understanding where you're coming from. You know, some people do like clutter and they do, they are hoarders, but as long as in their mind, they're not and they're still taking action so they can still get results. So for me, it's really all around that productivity. So we definitely put some some things in place um, to make them more productive so they can find some of this time that because everybody's so poor on time. And unfortunately, be, being busy has become sort of like a badge of honor, which I hate. It's so hot. You know, as long as we're busy in the things that we want to do and we're enjoying and the process. So that's what I really get them to realize because um, even some of them are in the corporate world, um, are quite high up in, in, their, in the business that they're working in. So even those little hacks of having a focus list um, really helps them. You know, one of them was just like swimming in a million things. She'd never really been in a management role. So that's why her general manager um, sort of engaged me. So every time that we have a session, we go through what I would call productivity hacks, but it's all around her lifestyle and it's all around what will help her be a better leader or be a better person. Um, and whatever that works, she'll implement it. So for me, it's key, key, key and important that people that work with me are people that are willing to make the change, that need to make the change, that are craving and that are fed up because those are the ones that will take action and those are the ones that get results because with her, as soon as she implements something, boom, she's like, okay, we're on to the next thing. We originally, we started working more on her personal life and I think it was like a session. And then after session two, she never mentioned her personal life again, like her family life. So we put some things in place that could help her and her husband and her kids. And to be honest, we're up to maybe session 15. I think we've only mentioned it once. So we've moved on to how can she be a better leader at work and how can she improve in many areas. And recently we're working more around her goals. So it's really more 
uh, I guess the beauty of coaching uh, and what, what working with someone that really is just focused on what's going to make you better, you know, so really focusing on your problems because there's people that are quite organized out there, but they just don't see um, beyond that, you know, there's, they're just sort of stuck and so many people are stuck in a rut or stuck in a, um, like a mouse wheel. So until you sort of break it down or even people that want to lose weight, you know, you might, they might say, Oh my God, I, I need to lose, you know, 20 or 30 kilos. That's, that, that's huge in the sense that that's a, a mammoth task. You know, it just looks so overwhelming and so big, but when you totally break it down and you just say, okay, how about we just focus today in drinking more water? Can you do that? Oh, yeah, I can do that. How about we focus today in having one healthy meal, like having a healthy option today? Not saying, you know, you have to do, um, you know, you have to eat a salad every single day and every single, if you just really break it down to the simplest, simplest form so your brain can't stop you from doing it, your brain just says, oh, yeah, that's easy. I can do that then you get results. So that's what I really try and do with my clients, to just break it down to to the point that it's almost impossible not to do it. You know, can you go, can you park your car, you know, and have to walk 10 minutes instead of parking in front of the front door, you know, and have some incidental exercise? Can you do that? It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Easy. You know, I'll just be walking 10 minutes there and 10 minutes walk and back. And then that's easy. That's a perfect transition because the step-by-step into taking small bites is, is so critical to success. And, and I do it in my business and in my coaching program and my online program is a step-by-step option. And you build step-by-step how people can have success. But it leads me directly to the final thing before we wrap up is you started by getting one client and then you did some networking and you got some clients locally and you've gotten some referrals. But now you're doing some speaking, and you speak in, in Brisbane. You probably speak all over Australia. I know you're coming here to the States, to Los Angeles in November to speak in probably in front of probably, I don't know, 2,800, 3,000 people at a big event here. How for did you do it, and therefore others can learn from you, how did you, you know, decide, all right, I need to add – this other marketing technique, in this case speaking, to the business and then go from speaking in front of a small group to now having the opportunity to speak in front of 3,000. How did you break that down in your own life that we can all learn from? Well, Adam, I guess what happened is I, I very quickly realized that I, I love working one-on-one, but I've capped that because I realized that one-on-one you can only help so many people and there's so many hours in your day and I totally value my family life as well. So doing one to many and really speaking, if you're able to change more people's lives, because that's really ultimately what I, I would like to do. I, if I can get my message out there um, and even just one or two or three people can implement a little bit or some of it and improve their lives, then that's great. So I realized um, the importance of that and the importance of, once again, learning and developing and developing your skills. So I've done presenters courses. And through that, I just started building that network and reached out to all networks as well. 
um, because I don't ask for referrals, I ask for introductions. So basically, um, there's so many people that are willing to support you and help you, but they might not know how to. So I just say, do you know anybody that would be would benefit from this? And I talk a lot about the culture of happiness. And a lot of the corporates and really a lot of um, people are really drawn to that. Building a culture of happiness in your life or in your teams, in, in your business. So as soon as I started talking about it. They just said, oh, can you come, you know, there's this network event. Would you be willing to speak at that? And I'm like, absolutely. And now I just put my feelers out there. And as soon as you actually and set that intention, the universe backs you up. All of a sudden, as soon as people know that you're, you're willing to speak and you put it out there in the social, in your social media, so many people have just come to say, oh, would you like to speak at this event? Oh, I saw these different events. Maybe you should contact them. Um, and that's really all, all I did is just little by little, just being clear on that's what, I'm, that's what I want to do. Obviously, I'm building my skills to do that, or I built my skills to do that. And, and, and I put myself out there to make sure I create these um, these. Um, yeah, I, I create these events for me and, and create these moments because they're not really going to land on your lap unless you say that that's what you want to do. So that's what I really want to focus on a lot more. So ensuring that I keep some of my one-on-one clients for sure, I love that. But now it's ensuring I do more speaking gigs so I can be out there a lot more. That's awesome. And thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Our thought today, our, our guest today is Patty Duque, that's P-A-T-T-Y-D-U-Q-U-E. She can be found on Instagram, on Facebook. Her website is pattyduque.com. Hello at pattyduque.com is her email if you want to reach out to her. She really outlined what she does for her clients in, in finding steps for success in their life, in their business, whether it's corporate or entrepreneurial. Thank you so much, Patty, for being here. Thanks for getting up early and for being a part of the Entrepreneur's MBA today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me, Adam. I really, really appreciate it. Thank You're you very for welcome. For giving me this space. Oh, You're very welcome. Look forward to talking with you soon. And thanks, everyone, for listening today on the Entrepreneur's MBA. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.